0: The temps are warmer, you've mowed the lawn, and maybe even turned on the AC a time or two. It's definitely spring. So stealadealspi.com is having their spring sale. Log on now and get local deals up to 50% off before they're gone. stealadealspi.com. This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network.
1: We say good morning to Nikki Buzinski. There is a, a primary contest, am I right, in, in the 13th where you're running as a Democrat nominee for... For Congress?
0: Yes, there is. Um, We do in eight days. We've got our primary on June 28th. I have a primary opponent from Champaign and um, working hard to win the primary and then on to the general.
1: Tell me who Nikki Budzinski is. Give me a little background. Born and raised where? I was
0: born in Peoria. Um, I'm an Illini. I'm a graduate of the University of Illinois in Urbana Champaign. I started um, my career in Springfield where I worked here for five years and then I went on and joined the labor movement. I worked in the labor movement for 10 years fighting for working people, making sure they had good wages and benefits. Did you
1: work for a particular labor group?
0: Yes, I worked for the United Food and Commercial Workers Union. That's a union that represents retail workers and also meatpacking workers. I say a lot on the campaign trail, Sam, that I'm one of the first or one of the few... Congressional candidates that has been on multiple kill floors. <laughs> so I've seen the dangerous work. Absolutely, of that. Yeah, yeah, that job for sure.
1: And uh, when you work for the state, were you with Dan
0: Hines for a while? I did. I started my career working in the comptroller's office for five years, living in Springfield, and then I I came back off and on when I worked for Governor Pritzker um, to Springfield, working in his first his first year in office, where we passed the big Rebuild Illinois Infrastructure Bill. And then I helped to lead his passage in a $15 minimum wage, which was the first thing he signed into law when he came into office.
1: You know, that thing is nice, but I think most people have already surpassed that, haven't they? I hear a lot of people already paying $14, $15 an hour. And I guess that the irony is, is, how much we heard that was going to hurt people's business. Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure it has. I mean, you've got to pay for help, and help is kind of challenging right now.
0: Yeah, help is, I mean, I hear a lot about the labor shortage that's happening right now um, coming as we are readjusting into this post-COVID. Well, we're really not completely past COVID. Obviously, some people are still very much getting sick, but um, getting people back into the workforce is something that I definitely hear about from employers across the district. So, um, yeah, I feel like, Labor, kind of for the first time in a long time, has leverage, some leverage now, and I think that's what you're seeing in the wages. People are wanting people to get back to work, and that means $15 an hour.
1: Tell me about what you majored in, in college and what prompted the interest in politics or political or public life, if you were, public yeah. service.
0: This probably won't shock you, Sam, but I was a political science course, and history major at <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> the University yeah, of yeah. Illinois. Um, but, you know, I actually had an opportunity. I interned for former Senator Paul Simon in his last mm-hmm. year in, in um, the Senate. That was in yeah. 1996. And I think seeing someone like him, um, a real statesman, someone from McCanda, Illinois, downstate Democrat, a yep. uh, good person, Um, You know, I think, you know, kind of looking up and and inspiring to be some, you know, someone like him, someone that was in public service. Um, That was what really led me into state government. What do you think
1: uh, made him so popular? Talking about Paul Simon, what about him personally that he was able to bring people from both sides of the aisle together?
0: he was a decent person i think you know that kind of raises one of the things i hear about every time i'm campaigning throughout the district it's really bringing back civility i think bringing back civility to congress and uh people that have a interest in getting things done i think that's very much who former senator paul simon was um and that's who i want to be when i go to congress
1: have you been watching the hearings on the uh no. on the january, january 6th What's your takeaway on that, and uh, do you think it's going to, well, I don't know if people will decide it's going to have an effect or not.
0: Yeah, I really hope people are watching and paying attention. I mean, I think what happened on January 6th um, should be a wake-up call for people about what I think is really the fragility of our democracy. I mean, you saw insurrectionists storming the Capitol. On that day, law enforcement officers that were trying to protect the Capitol actually died. I think there needs to be real accountability, and I think that's what you see Um, in this hearing. And I think, um, you know, the the future hearings are going to continue to unfold and more information is going to come to light as to what the former president, uh, President Trump's role was in all of this. Um, But there were a lot of people involved. There needs to be accountability as it relates to what happened that day. Um, And that's what I'm looking for.
1: Uh, How can a freshman congressperson uh, impact things like the energy crisis, Mm -hmm. the border crisis, the war in Ukraine. How can a freshman congressman impact those issues?
0: Well, I think it's getting started on day one, and I think it goes back to what we were talking about, bipartisanship. I think it's important. Um, The 13th District, when I'm hopefully elected, we're going to very likely have a Republican to my north and a Republican to my south. We're going to share counties like Macon County and Sangamon County. And I think it's going to be important to find a working relationship so that we can really work together in Congress. I think that's really important to tackle some of these big issues. I would say the number one issue that I hear the most about is inflation. It's like, what are you going to do to help working people get by? People are really struggling. As we all know, gas prices are almost $6 a gallon. Um, I just filled up. It cost me $70 to fill up my gas tank. I mean, so what are we doing at the federal level to provide relief? And that's what I'll be going to Congress to really work for, work with Democrats and Republicans. Quite frankly, anybody that wants to get things done for working people, that's what I'll do.
1: Uh, It looks like, now again, uh, this is early in politics. Things change in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. But it certainly looks like that the Republicans may take control again of the House. The Senate certainly could go either way at the moment. Mm -hmm. How challenging would that make uh, the Democrats in the minority with a Democrat president to get things done?
0: Well, obviously, you, you know, prefer to be in the majority when you go into Congress. So that would still be my hope that we can we can get that done and we can keep a very narrow majority that we have right now, which is only by about three seats. I think that no matter whether I go in and in the minority or the majority, again, it is about tackling the issues, finding people to work with on the issues that matter most to working people Um, that's what I would do. And so I think regardless of our status, whether it's minority or majority, um, it will be my job to find people to work with uh, to get those things done.
1: Did we handle the pandemic? whether it be, well, let's talk certainly since the uh, since the Biden administration, mm-hmm. did we handle it in about the best way possible? Or do we look back and say, well, we could have done this, that, or whatever? There's a lot of second guessing, obviously.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you think about the pandemic, this was a once every hundred year pandemic. So I think, you know, there are always things that could have been handled better. But I will say the president, President Biden's response to COVID, I think is what got the shots in arms, got our economies back on, a, getting back on track. I mean, obviously our economy has a long way to go right now, but we are making progress toward getting people back in back in the job, back at their offices, also kids back at school. I mean, I think that was one of the hugest struggles, I think, for working people is like kids that were trying to learn remotely while uh, parents were at home juggling a job that they were doing remotely. I think getting people back into work, kids back in the classroom, I think that's what President Biden did. Um, And and that was a big part of uh, trying to encourage people to get vaccinated. Vaccination and boosted is so incredibly important so we can finally beat and put COVID behind us.
1: Nikki Buzinski is with us. She is the Democrat candidate for Congress in the 13th district. So you know that uh, the Republicans are going to charge. uh, We're going to assume you're going to be successful in the primary, but we don't know until the votes are counted. But let's just assume that. Uh, they are going to charge that uh, the president flooded the market with too much money. Mm-hmm. That's Roe we'll Price up trying to solve the pandemic. We gave money away like it was going out of style. A separate issue is Illinois, evidently Inspector General or Auditor General's already said there were some issues how IDES handled it and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. How are you going to answer that if somebody says, hey, you know, you guys did this by I ring out all this money and drove prices out and made people mm-hmm. say, I'm not sure I want to work anymore. Mm-hmm. How are you going to answer that?
0: Well, I think coming out of COVID and trying to have, and this is one of the things that inspired me to run is, what do what does a recovery look like? What what do um, our communities need? What do working peoples need they're struggling to get by? I talk a lot about the child tax credit, which is really a tax cut for working people that had kids at home, struggling to make ends meet, um, as our economy was and still is coming out of this pandemic, it put money back in the pockets of working people. That's what part of the American Rescue Plan did. One of the other things I really enjoy doing is meeting with mayors throughout the district, and I ask them, you know, what is the American Rescue Plan? What what funds did that provide to your community that made a difference? And right here in Springfield, it was money to help broadband. So we make sure that people are connected at homes. So it's incredibly important, again, as people are still doing this hybrid work from home, work in the office. That was an investment that was made possible by the American Rescue Plan. When I met with the mayor of Champaign, she told me about how the city put together a holistic plan to deal with their gun violence pro- problem. These are these are issues that otherwise wouldn't have been able to be addressed in communities as we're recovering from COVID. So it was providing real relief to working people, money back in their pockets, and support to communities that were struggling um, as we were coming out of this pandemic and still are.
1: You mentioned guns. There was a bipartisan committee. We had every reason to believe, hearing very optimistic reports, but I'm hearing Senator Cronin walked out of the meeting last week uh, somebody reminds me, there was some agreement, there is no bill, and now we could be back to where we started. Um, what needs to be done there? There has to be some middle ground where the groups can at least agree on some things.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Sam. We desperately need to do something. Inaction is not an option. I was really encouraged to What's hear about too? the bipartisan infrastructure, or, I'm sorry, the... Um, you know, deal to deal with um, gun violence, um, and to put on in the book some common-sense gun safety measures like red flag laws. That should not be a Republican or a Democratic issue. That's about um, an individual that might not have the mental capacity in that moment to have a, a weapon in their home, empowering law enforcement to go in and confiscate it before something tragic happens. That should be a no-brainer. Universal background checks we've been talking about since Sandy Hook It's been passing out of a Democratic House, I should say, um, consistently, but it's been stopped again in the Senate. And it is really sad that that's what you're hearing in the Senate. Again, there's some obstructionists that are stopping this progress. I think people desperately want to see action on this issue. And it isn't just about the guns. It is, I do believe it is about mental health. I mean, again, getting back to the pandemic, coming out of COVID, we are really in a mental health crisis. I mean, you know, people lived in isolation. A lot of people did for two years. And so it's how are we supporting those people as we're coming out of COVID? How are we making sure that um, guns are only in the hands of law abiding citizens? Um, I think these are really important things, and and I'm still hopeful that something will happen. But I will say, Sam, if something doesn't happen right now on gun safety measures, that's what I'm going to be working toward um, in Congress, these common-sense measures like universal background checks and red flag laws.
1: How do you react, though, or how do you answer when somebody says, okay, if law-abiding people are going to be limited in some way, shape, or form, whether it be 18-, 21-year-old red flags, How are we going to deal with the criminal element who are not going to pay any attention anyway? They're still going to get their guns illegally and continue to be a threat to our society. How do you answer that?
0: Well, I do think you're right. Illegal guns that are coming in from other states is a real problem here in Illinois. And I think we need to tackle that with enforcement. Um, And a lot of that is, I think, supporting good policing, supporting law enforcement, making sure that there are mechanisms and funding in place um, that we're cracking down on those that illegally have these guns and get them off the street. I mean, we desperately need to do that.
1: Let me say good morning, Alex Wright, and ask you to stay around for a couple minutes. Nikki Bozinski is with us. She's the Democrat candidate for Congress in the 13th district. I think it's safe to say that most people consider her to be the odds-on favorite to win that, but that is still... one week from tomorrow
0: 8 days huh 8 days wow yep. I
1: just look at that calendar I, I know one week from and tomorrow and then
0: november's you know practically around the corner absolutely.
1: too absolutely a couple more minutes with nikki Budzinski. she is democrat candidate for congress when you're out on the campaign trail what do people want to talk about is the inflation the number one issue is it gas prices uh, what are they asking you about?
0: Yeah, Sam, it is inflation. It is. It's inflation. You said that, prices, and so that's and head and
1: shoulders above the group at the moment.
0: I definitely think it's, it's all economics. It's about, you know, people that are struggling um, to pay for basic necessities, groceries. Um, energy bills are also going up. These are really serious issues that I think are impacting working people throughout the district, throughout the state of Illinois. And so, you know, I think my job would be going to Congress to make sure that we're providing some opportunities for relief.
1: Um, let's talk about health care. Are you satisfied with where we're at with Obamacare? Do we need to do more?
0: think we need to be doing more, but I think what we should realize is it's made some great strides. I mean, people that had pre-existing conditions can no longer be denied access to health care. People that didn't have, you know, the ability to afford health care can now afford health care. Those are huge accomplishments, but we do need to be making progress. One of the things I spend a lot of time talking about is the price of prescription drugs. How are we going to lower the cost of prescription drugs? Again, I think this is something that Going into Congress, whether I would be in a minority or majority, I think Republican and Democrats can come together on an issue like that. We should be able to have Medicare negotiate with pharmaceutical companies to lower the cost of prescription drugs. We should be able to work together to find ways to lower the cost of insulin and cap that cost. I think there are some common sense things that we can be doing to make health care more affordable that I think is really important, and I think that's what people need right now.
1: Should college student had their student loans forgiven.
0: Well, I'm concerned about how we pay for that, Sam, to be honest. I mean, that's a huge issue. Sure. It is. We have the University of Illinois. We have Southern Illinois University in Edwardsville. Milliken is also, UIS is in this district. So there are a lot of, um, you know, students that are going to places of higher education. We need to find ways to help them. And I think there are some other common sense things that we can be doing right away, like they should be able to negotiate over their interest rates of their loan. There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do that. And that would be able to make, uh, bring down payments, I think making things a little bit more, um, putting them more on a path or trajectory uh, to paying off debt. Um, but I am concerned about cost right now. Again, inflation is the number one issue. I think we need to be focused on that. We need to be focused on how we're providing relief to working
1: Nikki people. Nikki, Buzinski, geographically, tell me mm-hmm. where from north to south, what is the 13th look like geographically? What are the cities and communities in it?
0: Yep. So living in Springfield is wonderful. It's dead center in the middle of the district. So the
1: entire... City of Springfield is in the 13th? Yes.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah. Well, it goes, it goes as far west. I think Cokie Mill is actually, if you go west. Okay. I think mean, west of Cokey Mill all right. um, is the 15th. But the 13th starts um in Urbana-Champaign. Mm-hmm. Then it goes through Monticello, Decatur, taking in uh, like almost all of Springfield, City of Springfield. All right. Almost all of McCoopin County. And then really more new as well to this district is most of Madison County. So I spent the weekend in communities like Alton and sure. Venice. Um, Those are now new. Granite City is a new community, new to the 13th. And then it dips down into St. Clair County. So the district goes as far south as East St. Louis. So from Springfield, it's about an hour and a half Mm -hmm. to the furthest east or an hour and a half to the furthest west um, to get to communities in this district.
1: I'm always fascinated by bakeries. You're wearing a shirt that says Blackbird Bakery. Yes. Where is that? And give me a little story.
0: Thanks. Yeah, it's in. I was just in Blackbird Bakery last week with former Senator Andy Menard. Um, he did an event for me there at the bakery. It's in Staunton, Illinois. Staten, Illinois. It's okay. a real uh, gem, right on the like main drag yeah. of um, right on the main drag in Staunton, two really great business owners that I will say talk a lot about the federal and state relief as small business owners they got uh, from both governor pritzker and and President Biden, PPE loans, um small business loans that they got that helped keep their bakery afloat. Um, and they're great people, and they welcomed us into their bakery. So well, and even art
1: tipped me off on the Italian restaurant right downtown, said it's the best pizza I'm ever going to have. Okay. So I haven't tried that yet. I haven't been there either. It's on it his out. recommendation, but now okay. you've added to the list yeah. the Blackbird Bakery. Yep. Thank thanks you, Basinski. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Sam. Nice talking to nice you. Nice talking to you. And with not before, probably see you at the Illinois State Fair.
0: I look forward to it.
1: Thanks. Thanks. A.M. Springfield. Yeah.
0: You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.